0: <laughs> Hi everyone. I don't know what happened this week. It was a quick week, I feel like. I don't know. Sometimes they zoom by. But um, this week I actually met up with a colleague who had an impromptu jury duty and it really took me back to this story from 2012 where You know, I wouldn't say we blew the wheels off per se. Uh, I'll leave that to the story and to the defendant or plaintiff, whatever the right jargon term is, but this was sort of my Legally Blonde moment, um, freshly minted in that new job out of college as a quote-unquote adult, It's concerning. But um, this story points to me being selected for jury duty on a case that actually took the accident, actually happened in a neighborhood I grew up in so I thought I was going to slip them the quick bias card and they were like nope come on down Bob Barker style and I'm like damn it um I'm actually so thankful I did get picked because (laughs) the chaos that ensues afterwards and just the characters in this story unbelievable truly stunning and something that I wish I would have photographs of but being in the court of law you know they frown upon busting out the blackberry so, anyway, I even updated the sound effects this week on <laughs> this podcast because, you know, <clears throat> dun dun dun. <laughs> this is like Angela Lansbury meets the Golden Girls <laughs> meets Legally Blonde. All right, I'll see you in court. Okay, everyone. I object. I'm just getting, Just trying to get comfortable with legal jargon in everyday life. <laughs> anyway, not legally blonde, but definitely felt like it for this one. So let's just jump right in. This is um, like 2012, 2013, like a newly minted real human after college. And I barely am in the workforce. And damn, that Allegheny County will getcha. They were like, yep, he's a legit person now. We're summoning him for jury duty. <laughs> like, Welcome to the real world. It's your turn. So I am, like I said, newly minted, at work, maybe a year, maybe two tops. And again, this intersects at the same time that we're, you know, pulling fast ones down at Buckheads, if you were listening to that episode. So not exactly the person who you probably need on a jury, but nonetheless, Judy calls. <laughs> so I get this thing in the mail. And if you're in Allegheny County, or maybe it's like this just in America, I don't know, but it's very archaic. Like it's this black and white piece of paper folded in half, stickered together. You open it, you have to like fill out this form and then send it in. And then upon receipt of that form, they give you a date to call this one number. You have to call the number after 4 p.m. If you get a busy signal, call back and enter a code. And then only after you've done all of these steps, done three jumping jacks, and then, you know, spun around backwards, they will let you know if you are in fact on the jury. I mean, it's absolutely insane that that's how we do this in 21st century America, but nonetheless, the legal system is the legal system. Sorry to my lawyer friends. Shout out. Anyway, the story is inspired uh, because earlier this week, uh, one of my favorite colleagues, Alexa, she got summoned for said jury duty through the same process, which I confirmed has not changed, And due to COVID, though, the one upgrade is that it's not at the courthouse, it's down at the Weston Hotel. So um, totally impromptu, we caught up over lunch, and it just spun this whole story back up to front and center. And so um, God love her, she's been selected. So she is, Elle Woods herself this week, practicing legal jargon. Anyway, so so stay tuned, we'll let you know how that verdict gets decided. But apparently it's a juicy one. So back in action, here we are in 2012, 2013, uh, you know, a newly minted adult here and this adulting 101, there's no handbook. So sure enough, I call after 4 p.m. that day, I get selected and I'm like actually fucking excited. I know jury duty is a bad rap and most people are like, you're a freak. But I was like, oh, legal system, like here I come. I'm going to like do my due diligence and, you know, I object and all that stuff. And I rest my case. So I'm just excited to like whip out some some legal jargon. So I get down there, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, like, 8 a.m., you know, you go through the metal detectors, you sign in, they take you up to floor three, and you're placed into a room of, like, 50-plus people, and if anyone's ever served jury duty in the courthouse, it is, you know, it's a courthouse. This isn't some, like, Beverly Hills hotel, so not a lot of options. There's, like, 50 people crammed into this room with, like, those catering tables from, like, the 1980s that are, like, half-ripped pleather. There's one coffee pot in the corner that hasn't been cleaned since the 70s. And they give you $7 to go buy yourself lunch. Really hospitable and accommodating. And so you bring your book. You're not really supposed to be on your phone that much. And that first day is really just like, okay, what are we going to do? Is it me? Is it you? Um, And so that day they were selecting for two juries. So there was an abnormally large group of people because like anything, even recruiting, you don't want to have just 12 people for a jury of 12. You know, we got to make sure we have... A multiple selection of candidates. So anyway, they start parsing out finally some numbers. And mind you, it's hot AF in there. So it's like the dumb hum of a fan, like somebody slamming that coffee pot. And then I'm trying to read like Kathy Griffin's memoir over in the corner and like, kind of not geek out and look like I'm totally green, but also like, holy shit, this is like the law. So (laughs) they finally call the first set of numbers. and Those people leave to go to case number one, we'll call it. So I'm like, okay, didn't make that cut. It feels like dodgeball all over again. So then they called the second number set, also didn't call my number. And I'm like, motherfucker! you know, the buck stops here, but the good old law system pulled a switcheroo. They said, if we called your number in this second set, you're free to go. (gasps) Didn't see that one coming. And so then that left the rest of us, the balance to go to case two down the other hall so I'm excited. I'm like, all right, we're making it to round two. I've never been a contestant on America's Got Talent. I have to assume it feels the same, right? We got through round one, which was the call at 4 p.m., and then we got through this to round two. We're making it into the room. Someone once told me, just get yourself in the room, and by George, here I am. My ship has come in. So I barrel down the hallway on two wheels. I'm laughing. I'm excited. I'm like, what's this case going to be? Because remember, until this point, we're completely blind. We have no idea what we're walking into. So they sit us down. I would say there was about 20 of us. And I'm like number 16 or 17 in that pack. So towards the end. And they're like, okay, you've been reassigned a number, like, like I said, one through 20, whatever. And the case is a Um, a case about a vehicular accident in the South Hills. We will be bringing you back one by one to meet with the defendant and the plaintiff's attorneys. They'll ask you a series of questions, which will be uniform across all of you. You'll come out of the room one by one and remain seated, not speaking to one another. And then we'll let you know by the end of the day, the 12 people selected to serve on this jury. And I'm like, holy fuck. If I'm nothing else, I'm a rule follower. So I'm like, okay, got it. Number 17, don't talk to anyone. Answer the questions. blah 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 Here we go. So they're one by one coming out. And I wouldn't say anyone saw a ghost, but I'm like, wow, what could be the questions? And what's the deal with this? So we get in there and it's my turn walk in two middle-aged men in some ill-fitting suits you can assume from the hugo boss and we're sitting there and they're like okay what is your name where do you live and i i'm probably not the best sometimes answering questions because i like to have full clarity and at the time i had um, like just moved from college and my mailing address was still my mom's store, but we had just moved into this new house. Like it was like Pee Wee's Playhouse. So I was like, well, you know, I, I sleep every night and I probably sounded like a fucking vagabond, but sometimes I'm too literal. It's true. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Just answer the question. Just say you live in Robinson. So and, and anyway, so we, I digress. So they go and ask me these questions and they said, well, interestingly enough, Let's circle back. Where did you grow up? And I said, well, oddly enough, I grew up in Pleasant Hills. Um, and so this Cochran Mills Road you're referencing, I, you know, I know it very well. And so I had talked to some people, you know, and they're like, just show a bias. If you're not vibing on it and you want to get out of it, show you have a bias and you can't, you know, get on it. I'm like, that's probably not the best advice, but also like, all right, I'm over it. I feel like I got my fix out of this one day of selection. So um, they're like the intersection of Arc Street, which I hadn't figured out where that was at the time. I was only familiar with Stilly and Waterman Road connecting onto Cochran's Mill. But I'm like, we'll learn about Arc Street. And so, or Arch, maybe it was Arch Street, excuse me. Anyway, so he's like, oh, huh. And he paused and he looked at the other attorney and I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm. Real bias over here. Traveled it well. My G6 popped out of there on two wheels many times. I know it very well. And he's like okay you're free to go back to the room and i'm like i'm walking out of there like a fucking pig and shit. i'm like yep showed my bias i'm out of here bye gotta get back to that middle office trading job and go settle trades in guam gotta go so i sit back down with my book and i'm just sure of it i'm like well this is too convenient the accident happened in a neighborhood i grew up in for 20 years christ they can't pick me wrong couldn't have been more wrong Um, They wanted me because the defense, which was Jefferson Hills and the county, which I didn't quite piece together at the time, were like, perfect. We'll have this young whippersnapper who's driven this road many times, never having an accident, speak about how it can be safely traveled if you're using the right rate of speed. What comes out later, the guy who was suing, I think that makes him the plaintiff, right? I don't know. What the fuck? The suing guy is like basically suing the county because he was allegedly going slightly above the speed limit, which is bullshit. The speed limit on that road's like twenty-five miles an hour. And he was on a crotch rocket going like 65 or 70, we later found out. And a car was pulling out of Arc Street, which you know, you nose out into the road because you can't really see. It's these horrible one lane tunnels that you have to honk your horn on. And I know they're peppered around the city because that's such a Pittsburgh thing to do. Instead of like spending the money on the capital improvement to make it a two-lane road, we sit there and honk the horn like a, a fucking idiot and hope for the best as we barrel through the tunnel. Well, this specific tunnel is on a blind turn and it has a convex mirror where it's supposed to help you see traffic, which I think it would if they were going the rate of speed they should. But when they're on a crotch rocket, i.e. not a big car to see in the mirror and they're going 3x the speed limit, you know what I mean. So I am biased. I'm like, this guy's a fucking idiot. So sure enough, I get selected. The 12 of us have to report the next day. I tell my boss, Jamie, she's like, Jesus Christ, only you would get actually selected for jury duty. I'm like, yep, here I go. So I show up and I'm getting excited, right? I'm in my polo and khaki pants and I'm like, I am really ready to roll. So they set us down and we sit in our little stand. And I mean, it's truly like the movies, like there is a judge in a gown. There are two sets of attorneys. There's a little bit of a viewing area. I wouldn't say this was like, you know, a well attended trial. So could have done a little more due diligence to get the fan club up. But at any rate, we're sitting there with our pens and paper. And they start going through it. And I won't bore you with all the details because it's a car accident. And to me, it was pretty cut and dry. The yinzer in me would be like, you were fucking speeding erratically. They didn't do anything wrong. You know this is an unsafe road. Do you go 90 on an unsafe road? No, you're a dumbass. Sorry about your six months of lost wages for being on a surgery table. But you live to tell the tale after being a dumbass. Bye. I rest my case. Okay? That's why I could never be an attorney. If I don't agree with something, how am I going to fucking defend it? Like, this guy's an asshole. At any rate, you got to take that out of it anyway. So we go through three days of this bullshit. It's getting sleepy, right? We've even pulled out a fucking mirror maker, the guy who makes mirrors, to talk about convex mirrors, the size of the mirror, the arc of the convex, how many feet per second you can detect in a mirror of this size. I mean, thank God I took honors physics because I was like scribbling shit down like, damn, there's a lot to know about fucking convex mirrors here. So (laughs) we go through these damn things and I'm like, all right, let's fucking wrap this up. This guy has not a fucking leg to stand on. No pun intended. He did have a leg. It was just badly injured. I don't mean it like that. <laughs> Maybe I did. He was a dick. Anyway, this is where it gets good. Pack the popcorn. They call a witness to the stand. Didn't see that coming. Right across from Ark Street on Cochran's Mill Road is a dilapidated little house and two-car garage. The owner's name, I can't remember. Let's just call him John Smith, but I shit you not. As they introduce John Smith, they say, who goes by the nickname Squirrel. And now I'm like, all right, they're just fucking with us. There's no fucking way. They're bringing in a defendant who is being charged with the task to give us an actionable, real account of what he saw happen on the intersection of Ark Street and Cochran's Mill with the name Squirrel. Guys, I wish I had a photograph of this, but again, under the court of law, you can't take photographs. He had a hat on that appeared to have been made with the remains of a squirrel. I'm not just making this up. I swear to God, this guy's name was Squirrel. If you could see the home he lived in, it tracks 100%. And the headdress being of, I think, a squirrel nature just really drove home the point that this guy was... He was here to play. So he gets up. He's like, Yeah, I was out mowing my lawn, tending to my rabbits, whatever. I don't actually know what he said. And sure enough, he's like, yeah, I heard a big bang, sky wrecked into this Lincoln that was pulling out of Arch Street. Just like, What do you want to know? And I'm like, Holy fuck. I'm trying hard not to giggle. I'm like, This is amazing. This is amazing. This is like why I'm here. Thank you, Jesus, for the four o'clock call. So he just dis- he dismisses himself, we get the good information out of him, very dependable information out of him, and we rest for the evening. It's time, we're tired. Well, the next day, boy did they have a one-two punch treat for us. We show up the next day at 8am, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, <laughs> much like a squirrel. And they're like, surprise, we're going on a field trip. And we're like, what? And me and a couple of the other jurors had really kind of became good kibitzing friends at the water cooler. I'm like, where do you think we're going to go? And they're like, to the scene of the accident, you dipshit. I'm like, oh my God, to my hometown? Cool. So you know me, total yinzer through and through. We're blowing down 51. I'm like, and right here's Tambolini's. Over here, you'd go there. Oh my gosh, they didn't even have a Chick-fil-A when I lived here. I, I'm an asshole. I love it. So we're blowing down 51, and they'd given us very clear instructions. Do not speak to the other jurors about the case. You can talk about anything else. Not the case. The judge is in the front row, front and center with his fucking black gown on, looking like, you know, a judge. The attorneys are there in their suits and briefcases looking judgy. And off we go in this used pit bus. It's a blue and white bus over the summer for the pit students that aren't in school. Cool. Get to the scene of the crime. I kid you not. The cops are there to block off the intersection. They don't want another mishap. These Jefferson Hills people, it's like they've been, they learned. Squirrel. I shit you not, after his big day on the stands yesterday, he's excited to show us around the area. And they told him actually he had to go away. He was interfering, and I would say contaminating the evidence, if you don't want to call it that. I don't know the proper term. I'm not a CSI. So Squirrel's um, home is concerning at best. So we got good eyes on that. and We're all looking at John like, on the tracks. And, you know, we're seeing what you see. It's a one-lane tunnel out onto a curved road with the speed limit of 25. Blibbity blabbity. This guy was going 60. We got it. Right? That mirror could be bigger, maybe, with a better light. But don't go 65 on this road. End of case. Get back in the bus. Go home. They rest again. These people love to rest. They don't work till like, 3.30. And then they rest. It's like, wow. So we get there the next day. They give their closing arguments, final arguments, whatever the fuck that's called. And they rest their case. Right? They're looking at us. They're real... Prophetic. And I'm like, oh my God, this is just like the movies. We're gonna go into that room. So they throw us into the think tank. They get a couple fucking Subway sandwiches and we start talking. And would you believe that a couple people were like, No, I'm with this guy. He's right. He, you know, he should get he should get what he's asking for. I'm like, no, shouldn't get what he's asking for. He got what he was asking for. Being a reckless driver, he's damn lucky he didn't hit like a a pedestrian or a grandma. And like the car that he hit was this big ass Lincoln town car. And the three people in it were okay. Like Jesus Christ. So I'm like not having it. And the majority of us are saying that, but you know, I think you have to have like a 100% unanimous decision or something. I don't really know. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter because we rest again. These people hit snooze. We show up the next morning. No one's the wiser, but they settled overnight and they didn't tell us that. So I guess basically Jefferson Hills, attorneys met with theirs and just were like, We'll give you like 150 grand to shut the fuck up and go away. You know, you're back to work. Your legal bills were covered through insurance, and it is what it is. Here's 150 grand for your lost damages or whatever. Goodbye. And that is what happened. I don't remember quite the figure, but I do remember it being six figures and me being just pissed. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So we settled the case. <clears throat> we walk out of there with our heads held high. We did our due diligence. And I have to tell you, never in my life have I done jury duty, but I don't think it will ever live up to this, right? It was my first time. I'm green there's a field trip involved, an accident in my hometown, squirrels on the stand. I mean, Jesus Christ. So when I saw Alexa this week for her jury duty story, I'm like, damn, this harkens back to this. I got to share it with my crew. And so I leave you with this and I hope you get a good giggle out of the fact that can you imagine just like 22 year old me, like eyes wide open being like, yep, I'm going to get this done. Sure enough, I shoot myself in the foot. Um, (laughs) And then this guy ends up getting fucking six figures. All thanks to squirrels, First-hand testimony, unbelievable. Anyway, (laughs) I rest my case. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this episode of Judge Judy as much as I did reliving it. I mean, man, life comes at you fast. From a jury summons, to being shuffled into a room, to having no idea what's happening, to ultimately being selected for a front row seat to meet Swirl and the gang learning about convex mirrors and Lincoln Town Cars. I mean, talk about a dream. (laughs) Anyway, um, (laughs) if you've ever served in jury duty, I would love to hear your stories. I feel like they're never just cut and dry. It's almost like a circus in and of itself, which I obviously live for. Um, So to this day, if you're on Cochran Mill Road, honk twice before you pull out of that uh, tunnel, because you never know. (laughs) Squirrel could be there ready and waving. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, if you're listening to this on a Friday, as always, I hope you have a great weekend. Treat yourself. Don't cheat yourself. (laughs) I'm going to spend my weekend um, exploring the uh, new neighborhood a bit more on bike and foot. It's the Pittsburgh Arts Festival this weekend. So they say they're going to bring on more vendors Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So hopefully that's the case. But anyway, have a great week. Thanks for listening. And uh, I'll catch you on the flip. Bye.